1: Yeah, we're ready. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I'm Greg. You can give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. I'm at Safamod.
0: And I'm at Greg on sports.
1: Give us a like on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Podcast. Check out our Instagram page, PifflesPod, and of course the website, PifflesPodcast.com. And of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. And, of course, we're a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out those networks for lots of great shows. We have so much to get to, including a little sprinkle of Jesus. Let's jump right in. Time for the opening kickoff. You still laugh every single time, Greg. Still tickles me. Every time. Still tickles me. Cody Fajardo, two-year contract extension. Woo! We're happy, right? A little bit. Right. A little bit. Uh yeah. You guys are like hiding your fajardons right now.
0: Well, the good thing there's a table here.
1: <laughs> I, I apologize to my mom if she heard that. <laughs> don't
0: don't mind me. <laughs> my parents don't listen, but, I'm fine.
1: The Riders have found their franchise quarterback and they have locked him up, which is the nice thing about this is it's before the season ends. So there's no stress going into the playoffs about this. We don't have to worry about going into the offseason with, oh, man, what if he doesn't sign here? What if, you know, Hamilton or Toronto or Ottawa goes and signs him or anything like that? We don't have to worry about that. And to a very, like, very, very favorable contract for the Riders, if the numbers that are recorded or reported by Farhan Lalji and Justin Dunk are, are accurate, then, what, 450K for your starting quarterback, who's in the in the discussion for most outstanding player,
0: and the and the base is low. Don't get me wrong. The all the bonuses. There's a big are, roster bonus, but are, are very uh, accessible or easy to get to. But it's still a very good number for the riders. God forbid something happens to the guy.
2: And it's a solid contract deal for him. I mean, he's coming off of hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year. He's tripling his salary after one good year. That's a that, that's good work for him. Good work for the team. It's a great contract.
1: And that's it. Seems like such a bargain for the riders because that could easily be a 500,000 dollars 600,000 co- contract because that's just the way that quarterback contracts are. And if you look at what he's done, he's winning, he's playing well. I'm I'm just happy Great that deal.
0: I'm just happy that we're not going into another offseason wondering who our quarterback is. We haven't had a steady quarterback going into the next season since Darren Durant. And this isn't
2: just any offseason. We're going to be going into a Grey Cup hosting offseason with absolutely no concern at a key position. That's fantastic.
0: It's been a while. It feels
1: great. You guys okay with the term? Just a, two years? Well, a little bit of a bridge gap, like a bridge contract, well, right? I,
0: but but that's the thing is, though. I was kind of scratching my head wondering why it was only two years. But you also have to remember the CBA is up in two years, too. So you have to think Cody's also hoping for a big step up in revenue, especially if there is a 10th team. You have to think that pay, uh, pay scale is going up but quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I'm fine with a two-year deal. It gives, it gives both sides a chance to prove his contract and... I mean, like you said, this is a bargain contract for the Riders. He, he's going to be worth a lot more if he per- performs like this. He's got he's to make that uh, a little shorter so he can get get to that level. So go out,
1: get your number sevens, get the Cody Fajardo jersey, not you, Steve. Don't you dare get a Cody Fajardo jersey. Don't you dare get. getting one. Don't you no. dare. Oh, I will one. murder
2: you. Getting one. I will murder I'm you. Not I'm,
1: I'm, you I'm not getting Please one. I'm going to jail because I'm going to kill you. not getting one. Please do not get and that. And if, if
0: we don't kill him, I will give you Steve's home address. <laughs>
1: No, Steve. No Cody Fajardo jersey okay. for you. But everybody else, go get your Cody Fajardo jersey. Two more years, at least. I'm getting one. Of Jesus sprinkles.
0: I'm going to kill him right now.
1: Probably make the show go a little bit better. Um, so, <laughs> well, maybe not better, but it'd be more entertaining. Really good ratings
2: for the one show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we literally murdered someone because, on air. Yeah, because all the cops would be listening. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. Cody Fuggiardo, signed on contract extension. Great news here in Roderville, and we're all excited about that. And that's
2: today's show. That's it. There we go. Right, okay. Bye. okay. See you guys. Um
1: well we, we have a little bit more coming up. We have Chad Owens coming up on the show, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit. Riders Lions. Riders winning twenty seven nineteen, moving the record to eleven and five, still tied for first place with the Calgary Stampeders, because they fluked out a win against Winnipeg in a
2: game that did they ever
1: really you can't didn't rely deserve. on Winnipeg
2: to do anything. Yeah.
1: Fun fact: We have to rely, just like the start of the season, we're relying on Zach Claro's
2: for our playoff fate. Who tweeted that out today? I saw like everybody predicted in June, the Riders' chance of first place. or uh, yeah, that was are, Gogand. Gogand.
1: are relying on the arm of Zach Kalaros. owner of the Rider Fans uh, uh, forum. That's
2: yeah. fantastic! I, great I I it's rare that I actually laugh at my desk, and I physically laughed out loud. It was great. Well, we'll talk a little bit about
1: Zach Laros in just a second, but and that's not even the tweet of the week. There was actually good ones this week. There's a couple There was. Of there's always great there. ones. Um, William Powell going off in the game against BC, but really didn't touch the ball much. Question for you guys: he, with with him getting you know massive yardage per carry in a game against BC, why so few touches? What like what's going on with the offense
0: there? I think they pitch count that's the only thing i can put it up to they don't want to wear william powell down in a game against bc just before the playoffs
2: yeah we sit here on uh the raptors home opener day so use the word load management is all it is they're they're keeping him ready to go for when it gets colder and when the games start to really matter but if he's the only guy that's really moving the ball because
1: for the at least the first half he was the only one doing anything on the riders offense
0: Give them the ball. Give them the ball 20 times. I'm, I'm certain if the they were going to get Spurgeon wind, they would have actually put a little more on William Powell. But that game, as bad as it was, it was never really in doubt that the Riders weren't going to win. They tried everything they could <laughs> oh, to give it away wrong. at the end. Don't get me wrong. The, the Yeah, in typical rider fashion, they'll play down to their uh, opponents.
1: Or is it maybe, and, and this is my thought, that Stephen McAdoo is out-coaching himself. Well, it's working, but let's keep them off guard because they're going to think it's going to be a run. So let's pass it. Nice thing
0: yeah. is, though, if they know, even if they know it's a run with William Powell, it doesn't matter.
1: Let's go yeah. back to 2018. We'll just blame McAdoo.
2: Let's just do that.
1: No, but I'm wondering if, if that's the process because we've seen this team, in, in, especially in a lot of these close games and, and some of their losses, it feels like they just they, they
0: outsmart themselves. It, it's weird, yeah. Alex is not completely wrong on that. It just seems, There's been games this year where all of a sudden the running game just disappears. And this team is built for running. Especially with our offensive line and William Powell. They went and signed William Powell for a reason. And yeah, it just seems to, at times this year they're like, yeah, we're not going to run the ball.
2: And well, he should not be at 850 yards uh, back right now. He should have crossed the 1,000-yard threshold. Weeks Weeks ago. ago. <laughs> but... I, I mean, it's working. We're sitting at eleven and five. Their their game plan, for the most part, has been successful. Well, we're getting down to a final four to
1: five games now for this team, and going forward, I'm not really going to buy the load load management thing. Yeah, maybe that's what it was, but I'm not going to buy it going forward anymore because working for these four games, he's got a whole off season after to to recover. Give the best ball, best player on your team, the ball. Oh, agreed. Just just feed him the rock. Well, that's why we're giving. We're letting uh, Fajardo throw. He's our mop. Is he? Has to be. I said he's up for mop in the in the league, but is he?
0: Is he mop on the team? Charleston Hughes. Uh,
2: it's got. It's no? still got
0: to be yeah. Fajardo. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I yeah. Charleston's nice, but rare is the defensive player actually nominated for most outstanding player,
1: which is a joke. I agree. I I think they need to get rid of the. Just make an offensive player of the year. Do what the NFL does. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. And exactly. then do your special teams and linemen, whatever else you want to do. Agreed. Cameron Judge back in the lineup. What a
0: difference he makes, eh? Huh? He's so good. Like, they need to lock... He's the next player they need to lock up.
1: Whoa, whoa. Don't get ahead of ourselves. We've got some questions coming up okay. soon. And that... You might oh, have see, just, I, did, you might a, just I, answered
0: it. I don't read ahead, but... Yeah, no, they need to sign him. I don't care if it's coming up later or not. He he needs to be the next guy on the list they need to sign.
2: I'm fairly certain Greg can't read. We're fine. Also, <laughs> true. also true. Are you guys worried
1: about the uh, passing game at all? Because it took a long time for that offense to start really moving the ball. And even then, the passing game, the last however many weeks, even when we're scoring points, the, the passing game just doesn't
2: seem to be clicking like we feel it should. That, I'm not,
1: does that worry, the, worry you going forward?
2: I'm not so worried about the passing game so much as the incredibly slow starts that have become the norm from this offense. Because once they get going, they're great. It's that it's that getting going at all that seems to take a quarter and a half every game. And in the playoffs against teams like Calgary and Winnipeg, I mean, look what happened last week against Calgary. Hey, I mean, this
0: is Ryder football. We only need to play three quarters.
2: <laughs> well, that's only when we're out in Montreal. Oh, that's why I want us to win the Grey Cup just for that giant <laughs> asterisk again.
0: But seriously, like you guys have been fans for this team forever. There's always been they only play three quarters. And then at least it's like at the start of the game not at the end of the game where they let everything fall apart.
2: Yeah, I mean if you have to play play three quarters, I'd rather it be the second, third and fourth than than the first, second and third, but it's now, a concern that they have to they have to come out of the gates on fire soon.
1: Now, this game against BC, there didn't feel like there was that same buzz to it like there was the week before against Calgary. Granted, that was for, you know, first place, and that could have locked up first place if the Riders won that game against Calgary, but it just feels like this one is just like, well, yeah, but if they play like this again, they're not going to beat any of the better teams. Like, it just feels like we just squeaked that out, even though the game, like you said, was never really in doubt. Are you guys, like, does that... Where are you going forward? Because... We're going to have Winnipeg and Calgary coming up in the playoffs.
0: And but those are tough teams. As discussed, though, these guys, uh, rider football, you play to your competition. You don't, very rare is a blowout by the riders on a lesser team.
2: See, but this year seems to be the exception with that because we blew out BC twice. We blew out Toronto we, twice.
0: We lost to Ottawa 44-41.
2: Don Davis had a career game like every starting quarterback in their first few games has against us.
0: Look at how many last-minute victories this team has pulled mm-hmm. off. Like They play to their opponent. They don't keep their foot on the gas 100% of the time.
2: I, I would agree with that if we don't have, what was that, what did I just list off, four double-digit wins? Against two of the three worst teams yeah, in the Yeah, but that's, that's the point here. He's saying that they play down. This year they haven't been. This was a bad game. But this year they haven't been playing down to that level for the most part, in my opinion, of course. So with this one, this this game, is it just like
1: we don't care how it's how many?
0: <coughs> that's that's part of it, and but also going back, the, the late games in BCs are also notoriously terrible for their eyes. It is
1: it is a tough going out there in late game.
0: So, and, and I'm not this game is an anomaly. They won it. They had to win it. It would have been nice. If Winnipeg would have pulled through, but. I hey, guess.
1: they kept it closer in Calgary than I than I thought they would, only losing by a couple points.
0: And now they get to go to the loudest stadium assisted fans for a victory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you say that every time.
1: Um, is there anything else about the game you guys want to make mention of? 11 and 5 is a good record. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm harping on this team for not being good because they are. They're 11 and 5. I'm pretty sure
0: I picked them to be 10 and 8. So this is all gravy from here on out.
2: Yeah, when, they, when Chris Jones left. We all started looking at the season going, okay, well, we'll play for Great Cup next year. And here we are fighting for first in the West with, if heard, not the top team right now, with second best behind Hamilton in how they're playing right now. I heard this on the radio today. Now that the
1: Riders have Fajardo locked up long-term, is this season a success? And somebody said, well, yeah, because at the beginning of the year, we were talking about like, oh, well, this is a possible crossover team. They're not going to compete with the top, teams in the West and we're sitting looking at first place. So is this season a success already?
0: This season is success for the simple fact that our starting quarterback got knocked out three plays <laughs> into the, se- the season and we're 11 and five right now. Like and now we
2: have to rely on him for a first like,
0: place. <laughs> I think Garth Brooks said, it. Uh, thank God for unanswered prayers because for Zach Caleros, him getting hurt was probably the best thing that happened to this team. And it's, sucks to say it but it's true they they found a actual franchise guy behind him that who knows if they would have if Claris would have stayed healthy all year Fajardo would be here next year or yeah, the
2: year be, after he'd be back being the number 3 somewhere else because he, all he needed was his chance cuz all he's ever gotten was those those mop up time and
0: and third and one plunges so i by far this is a success you got your starting quarterback you, you you're fighting for first place and you are easily a great cup contender.
1: The opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festian of Royal Page Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festian, Royal Page. Now odds and end zones by Churchill Brewing Company, Zach Caleros, taking first team reps with the Bombers.
3: Oh. Is, is
1: this, is he a good replacement, not for Strevler, but for Matt Nichols because Strebler's hurt and All you need is him just to... He's not going to be running around. Obviously, that's not his skill set anymore. But is it just like... Just be a game manager. That's what Zach Laros was last year. Just just do that again. And let the defense kind of carry you.
2: And make a play when needed. You know what? He's probably the perfect quarterback for that offense. They don't need a running quarterback with Andrew Harris in the backfield. They need a guy who can actually complete passes over six yards. And we've seen Caleros can be that guy. You don't want him to be the guy running out of the pocket anymore. He can't. He can't do it. He's one headshot away from being out for another career at this point. Well, we said that last year, and he came back. But I mean, at some point, enough has to be enough. I I don't know about the 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 plans to play him. I uh, I still think after last season, what was it? Five concussions? Four concussions? Four. Yeah. Four in, like that in in 12 month. Run, I, you know. When is enough enough? You hate to see him. like every time he takes a hit, fans across the CFL are going to be cringing, hoping he stands up.
0: But this is why Winnipeg wanted him and not anyone else. They wanted a guy with experience in case Streveler got nicked up like he did, or can't could make the passes. They wanted that veteran. They could have had a young guy, but they wanted Claros. They were offered James Franklin. They wanted Caleros. So this is on the Bombers.
2: Do we do we have a rant? If not, I can throw a rant in at something right now. Sure. Why don't we get right to it then? Uh, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble! I, I got a really quick, easy rant here. And I can't believe I'm going to say something nice about Chris Strebler. It hurts my soul deep inside. The guy toughed it out last week in in Winnipeg. My rant is aimed at the entire Winnipeg op- er, sidelines for not pulling him off the field when he's limping all over the field and could barely walk and was noticeably injured for the for those last 3 drives. Stupid move shows tells me everything I need to know about Mike O'Shea. If he dies, he dies. Like <laughs> just a flesh wound.
0: Yeah, yeah, like seriously, like he could barely he's a he can't
2: throw. His only move is mobility and he had none and you put a guy who has no ability to plant in for a Hail Mary pass, just everything about that last few minutes was stupid and makes me question a lot of things about Mike O'Shea and his respect for player safety.
0: Well Player safety is one thing, but that also tells you the amount of uh, faith they have in the, well, I guess the backup quarterback before they got Caleros. That's the reason why they went and got him. If, if you can't trust, if Strevler's on one leg and he's still better than the guy behind him, you're in trouble. Straveler's throwing for like 120 yards. How can the guy behind him be any worse? Uh, Have you seen the Riders third-string quarterbacks through the years? Good point. I want to move on to a couple
1: questions that we got here this week. Adams asks, who is the next Rider that you
2: want to see signed? Cam Judge. That's an easy answer. It's Cam Judge. He's got to be locked up for as many years as he will sign for. I will list a second
1: one as well, because we're all in agreement on Cam Judge there. Cameron Judge? Shaq Evans.
0: Well, best receiver in the league? Self-proclaimed.
1: His last few weeks might have brought that salary down a few bucks. Man, Brian Burnham. How about that? uh, Even Odell Beckham Jr. is looking at that non-catch and being like, ooh. Because that was (laughs) was
2: sweet. That might have been the best catch I've ever seen in my life. An inch off to the left, and that's being played... On over every highlight over. reel for
0: years. Here's the thing. I stand by, if that thing was called a touchdown and they went for review, they would have allowed it. Because there was, you could not tell. You couldn't tell. tell. No. The only thing that saved that thing for not being a touchdown is because they ruled it not on the field that way. That was a hell of a catch.
2: I, I kind of wish it would have stood because that that deserves to be played forever.
0: Oh, it still will be. I guarantee they'll be in the TSN highlight package at the end of the year this year. His
1: uh, touchdown catch is nothing to sniff at either. He just... The dude the dude's got hands ju- jumped up in coverage, made the catch, shoved a guy off of him and then bullied another guy into the end zone. Yeah. Like he's just All Ryan Burnham's me. the best receiver yeah, in the league. There's no like, question. Anyway, I'd like he, he, to see the Raiders sign
0: uh Shaq Evans. Yeah. And quickly on um Burnham, if it wasn't for his age, he should be in the NFL, but he's not going to get looked now. He's too old.
1: Uh one other question I want to get to is from Lane. Spirit of Halloween coming up. Um who is the scariest rough rider linebacker of all time there are two correct answers to this let's see if you guys get them
2: oh i want to make a very incredibly inappropriate response trevis smith there we go yes <laughs> that's one answer right there the other one of course the reaper reggie hunt
1: yeah right yeah. for two very different reasons. completely different <laughs> reasons yeah yeah one of them you don't want to see on a football field. The other one you don't want to see like in a bar being like, "Hey, what are you doing later tonight?" Yeah. Nope. nope. Hard pass. Uh <laughs> send us your piffle's questions. We'll answer absolutely anything. I like the Halloween one. That's kind of fun. Halloween next week as well. You guys got your costumes
2: yet? We do.
1: Yep. You going to You can't go to Darth Maul. That doesn't count.
2: No, I don't I don't do that for Halloween. Oh. I'm saving that for the uh the opener of Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker.
0: Oh, okay. All right. No, I don't got a costume.
2: I saw the best costume. It's a kid
1: with like cardboard over top of himself. It was a, It was in the shape of a credit card. He says, "I'm going as a credit card because I'm either being used or being declined."
2: Oh, that was funny. That
1: was funny. I was like, "Hey, that's a good. That's a good costume
2: idea." What are you going to be, Steve? I we so we have or are a you not allowed work? to say it? Yeah, I, I got to keep it on the down low till next week. Okay, it's a work well, thing. Next week we'll talk about it, then.
1: This week though. We'll go to Twitter, Steve. You mentioned that there were good CFL tweets of the week. Let's get to it right now. Who takes home the title of tweet of the week this week?
2: Should really come prepared with this. I, I actually screenshot it like thirty seconds ago. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't listening. Listening to what? Exactly. Yeah. So I am very proud of this tweet. This might have been one of my favorite tweets of all time. It came out after the uh, Cody Fajardo sign, signing, and it goes out to our our good friend Fonzie Van Dam at Stadnick. Because remember, folks, upon reading this news, if your ensuing fajardon lasts more than four hours, please consult a physician. Phygici- a, <laughs> a physician,
0: a <laughs> combination of phys- a physician and a magician,
2: a magician, magician, <laughs> a phish- a magician. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to that. That uh, again made me actually guffaw at work. That was that was solid.
1: Well, hopefully, this uh, current fajardon lasts about another uh, five weeks until Grey Cup, six weeks, whatever that is.
2: Yes, please. We're going We're going to Calgary. I would very much like to, to take to my Calgary. Fajard on with me.
0: <laughs> Remind me not to travel with you.
2: I feel sorry whoever's sitting next to me on the plane. It's going to be awkward
0: Moving for on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we teased a little bit earlier.
1: Let's get to it right now. This week's rider alumni presented by Underdogs memorabilia. He was only a rider for one year, but his impact on the team, it was big. Chad Owens here on the Piffles Podcast. Chad, how you doing tonight?
4: Man, I'm doing amazing. Man, I just got done, um, you know, at the gym training uh, my clients, and um, yeah, been here for the last five hours or so, maybe a little bit more after doing my own workout session. So, yeah, been grinding, man.
1: Now we we got to ask you right off the bat. This is this is a rider fan show. When you signed with the Riders back in 2017, what was the deciding factor for you?
4: Um, you know what, man? Like, I think everyone would agree that that that's played there. That we're, we're on other teams and eventually got to experience Rider Nation. Um, it's it's a special place to play, man. Like, the support is unbelievable. You know, like growing up as a kid to you know dreaming of playing pro ball. Um, for me, it was the NFL, right? And I got the experience that experienced that as well, but. You know, when I got to the CFL and I was, you know, you know doing my thing and, you know, all you ever want is, is to, to come out of that locker room and to come to a packed stadium and fans and loud atmosphere. And, um, man, Ryder Nation has that. Like, it, every game reminded me of the 2012 Grey Cup uh, when I was in Toronto. Like, coming out that tunnel with, in the Rogers Center, so loud, so electric. And, and that's what it is, every game you know, uh, in Saskatchewan. So very fortunate.
2: Now, I remember Rider Nation being real excited when you signed, but it took a little bit of time for us to actually get to see you on the field. How how early into this season do you think you could have been uh, ready to go in, in your season here?
4: Oh, man, you know what, that's, um, you know, I was dealing with a, a foot injury that had, you know, gotten during the, the 16 season with the tie cast and you know what? That's the unfortunate part, you know, about the game, and, and you know those things are out of our control. You know, um, I think when I came back, it was the right time, um, and I was I was ready to go. And you know what? That's I'm glad I was able to to, to experience that. You know, instead of just standing on the sidelines. I mean, uh, I mean I'm sure it was the same for the fans. Uh, but you know what? Injuries, it's it's part of the game, and you know, you, you never know. Uh, but you know what? I was I was excited to be able to get out there, and um, you know, I got a touchdown. You know, Kevin Glenn, you know, future Hall of Famer. So you know, a lot of a lot of great experiences, and you know what? It, it was um, yeah. I wish it was longer. I wish it was I was able able to do that from the beginning of the season, and know, but it, it it didn't work out that way. And, you know, it's, it's it allowed other guys to step in, other guys to play, other guys to get their opportunity. You know, as as I once was, that guy looking for their opportunity. You know,
0: of course, during that entire regime, Chris Jones was the basically the face of the franchise. What's it like to be on a Chris Jones team in Saskatchewan?
4: Um, it was you know it was I don't want to say tough, but you know, he ran a very tight operation, you know, um, he did it his way and, um, you know, you were either on board or you weren't, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't going to be there. Um, but you know, every coach has their, their style, their culture, their, um, their way. And, you know, you either buy in or you're going to find yourself elsewhere, um, so that's just that's just that's just part of being a pro. That you got to expect that in pro sports. There's gonna be adjustments. Um, but you know, on the flip side, I, I wish that it would work the other way around too. You know, like coaches also have to, you know, adjust the players. They got to be able to, 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 to take a player and work with their strengths. You know, a lot of times I find coaches have a, a mindset of what they want, and although they have a player that's capable but they're not doing it the way they want to do it or whatever. And, you know, they move on, you know, I, I I just think that that's, that's kind of, that's, that's the tough part about being a player is that, you know, we shoot, we're expendable.
1: (laughs) Is that more of a mental thing for players? Um, Just like, you know, dealing with different coaches in different ways. And it's something that you, you know, it changes from year to year with different coaching staffs. You find that the hardest part of being a pro is, is the mental side of things.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, the mental side of things in life are are the hardest part, you know. But if you can if you can tap in and and control that thing and really strengthen that muscle, you know, I think uh, you give yourself a better chance. Um, being able to adjust and 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 roll with the punches, I guess you could say, you know, through new regimes, new coaches coming in, new this, new that, learn a new playbook. You know, in a perfect world, yeah, do you want to be with the same coach, same playbook, same offense, you know, for your entire career and just executing without even thinking? Yeah. But to be honest, man, that's, that's, not, that's not life. So, um, you know, if you can look at that situation, you know, one of two ways. If you're that guy that had to go through so many coaches, so many regimes, man, like look at how, how that's strengthening you as a person, right, and getting you ready for life. You know, you, you're able to adjust. You're able to make those, you know, instant adjustments. And in in pro sports, in football especially, in the CFL, you got to learn that thing quick. Because you know, as soon as training camp starts, you're playing a game in like ten days or so, or you know, within two weeks. And if it's a new coach, new offense, new new everything, you got to pick it up. You you're expected, right? Because that's the expectation. You get paid to do this, right? you're expected to pick it up and execute. So, you know, you can complain about it on the other side and let it deflate you. And, you know, that's just when you're done playing ball, when you go into, when you transition to post-football or sport career, like those that, those situations are going to come up again and you're not going to be able to handle it. So, you know, two ways to, to go about it.
2: Now, your CFL started with a very brief stint in Montreal, but it was really your first season in Toronto that you exploded onto, your, onto the scene in the CFL. What do you remember most about your time in Toronto?
4: Man, that's, that's where I was able to just play football. Like I, I finally felt like I had arrived and was given the opportunity that, that I've been longing for to, to not only be a returner, because I was labeled as that in the, in the NFL but to come out here and really show myself as a receiver. And um, I did that. I was given an opportunity. And, you know, I made lifelong friends who I'm business partners with today, who I'm best friends with today. And, like, that's what I remember the most. Yeah, you know, the awards, the the, the Grey Cups and all that. That's Yeah, that's there. But what I'm going to hold on and take with me is far greater than Anything we've accomplished on the field, it's it's the brotherhood and, and the and the lifelong friendship, um, you know. Post post football,
0: of course, in Toronto you were dubbed the Flying Hawaiian. Was that a CFL nickname, or have you had, did you have it longer?
4: That was just a CFL nickname, you know. Um, you know, it's funny because it's like, man, everyone who's from Hawaii that's made it elsewhere, like, hey, and and you had any type of pretty like athleticism, pretty good athleticism. And you could run or whatever. Oh, man, flying Hawaiian. Like, I wasn't the first one. Like, I remember when I was in in uh, college, like, Nate Jackson, who was a safety of ours, man, they were calling him the flying Hawaiian. And then, uh, you know, Shane Victorino, who's pretty much branded that nickname, um, you know, he, he he's the flying Hawaiian. So I think that's something that's pretty uh, – not – it's a given, but it's an easy – uh Easy nickname, you know, if you're out there flying around and you're from Hawaii.
1: <laughs> so so if Chad Owen's got to choose his own nickname, what would it be?
4: Well, I'm I'm known as, you know, CO2, like today. Like, that that's my brand. And, um, but, you know, I've had a few nicknames throughout. Like, I, I was called Mighty Mouse throughout high school and college. And then, you know, we came to fly in Hawaiian here in Canada in the CFL. But... I don't know. Like, I'm, I am I, I leave the nicknaming to, you know, to the media and the people who see fit what, what they think it should be, you know. But right now, my brand, you know, has been CO2. You know, Chad Owens, number two. I mean, it, that's what I've built. And that's what I, I do and I use. And, um, yeah.
1: So, what was the hardest thing to get used to weather-wise when you came up here and, and played in Canada?
4: Man, just the cold, just the cold period. Like, uh, I'm from Hawaii, right? I I don't like the cold, but, um, it, it is what it is and I'm not, you never get used to it. I've talked to a lot of people who live here. There's there's no getting used to it. You just deal with it. And, um, it, you know, it is what it is. Right. But yeah, I mean, you, you, layer up, you, you go out there and you get it done. <laughs> but what's crazy is my whole CFL career, I've never played in a snow game. You know, never played in a snow game. Uh, not that I was looking forward to doing so, but it just never happened, I think, because for, for the most part I was in Toronto and later parts of the season we're at home in a dome. So, um, yeah, like I, I missed out on that West West Coast calgary Winnipeg, you know, even saskatchewan snow games edmonton
2: if if you're kind of against or not against but keeping the snow games away, do you want to come come, come uh sign back in Saskatchewan so we can keep those snow days uh away from here we'd uh, we'd love to get rid of them
4: <laughs> man, you know what i'm um, i uh i don't know if i I'm not so sure where I'm at playing wise i think i'm I think I'm done um but I, I, train, I train like I'm, I'm playing. I train like I'm getting ready to go to do it again uh, just because, you know, I, I just enjoy it, right? I enjoy the grind. I enjoy staying in shape. You know they say? Hey, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Um, but you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding right now in another game, you know, in another – I'm getting used to another vehicle. And, um, you know, in the business world, and in, in, in real life. And you know what? Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at now, man.
0: So what are your thoughts about this year's season? Do you have any with playoffs around the corner that got any predictions for us?
4: Man, it's, it's I, I'm, I'm taking, uh, you know, Hamilton out of the, the East for sure. Uh, Hamilton's going to be in the great club. They're just playing the lights out. And I don't know, man, the West is a toss-up. Like, you know, the Riders look, look real good, um, you know, Cody came in there and and just balled, man. Like, you know, they gelled. That team is gelling right now. Defense is playing well. Uh, You know, you can never count Calgary out. I mean, you know, Winnipeg. I mean, it's – playoff time comes around. Like, you just just never know. Um, But if I had to take a guess and pick, uh, I'm saying it's going to be Hamilton and Saskatchewan in the Grey Cup.
1: That's the correct answer. That's what we were looking for there. <laughs> <laughs> and, Chad, we know you're uh, you're running short on time here, so we got to let you go. But uh, uh, really quickly, before we do let you go, if you could describe your time with the Riders in just a couple words and say a couple words to Rider Nation, what would you say?
4: Wow. Um, describe my time with the Riders um, in a couple of words. And that's tough. You put me on the spot right there. I mean, there's a few different ways you could look at it. You know, it's like for me, like, you know, football, for me, football is life, right? And, and, and for Saskatchewan and the Riders, like football is life. So it was like, I guess it was a, a dream come true to be able to, to experience that where, you know, the fans and, and, and the player, are in in it with the same passion. You know what I mean? i um, not saying that all the other teams and the provinces don't have that same passion. I'm not saying that. Because I think, hey, Argos, every team has their fans, their diehards, their, you know, ride or dies. Like, they have them. Right? But I just think, you know, Saskatchewan has, not saying that that's all they have, but they take a lot of pride in that. And it shows. So I mean I can't I can't just use a couple words because it's they are Rider Nation, check this out. Rider Nation is the CFL. Rider Nation is Canadian football. And you know, even when I was on playing for the Argos or other team Hamilton, like you go there, I looked forward to going there because you just knew that the atmosphere was gonna be electric and as players that's what you feed off of. You you feed off of that, so yep, that and hey, Rider Nation, I just want to say thank you for um, you know the support in in, in the short while that I was there. Uh, They really, they really make you feel as if you've been there forever because they are truly the CFL. They are CFL fans, hard and hard. I mean, they they may not be Calgary fans, but you know they are CFL fans uh, through and through. And at the end of the day. You know they will embrace even a stampeder that comes over, as they do. Look, like Michael Johnson. Like they'll embrace you and you know make you their own. So, uh, Rada Nation, thank you so much for um, the experience and yeah, the life, the life lessons. You know. All
1: right. Well, Chad Owens, thank you so much for joining us here on the Piffles Podcast. We we gotta let you go and uh, enjoy. Keep training, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future.
4: Yes, yeah, sir, man. appreciate you guys so much, and uh, have a great night.
1: All right, now moving on, we're going to talk about this upcoming game. Huge game for the Riders, maybe not so much for Edmonton, but to help us kind of preview that this week on the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview is Andrew with the Empire Podcast in Edmonton. Andrew, thanks for joining us.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun to chat, and it's been so long because we don't play you guys till the end of the year. I'm glad we're finally catching up.
1: Yeah, that's uh, just odd scheduling from the CFL this year, but I guess... Uh, We'll have to deal with it. Yeah,
3: I guess so. <laughs> so. Back to back to end the season.
1: Yeah. So so Trevor Harris activated off the six game list. Uh, is is that the right thing to do for for Edmonton with two weeks left, or should have they've waited for next week?
3: I don't think it really matters. Honestly, I mean, he has to come back and and knock some rust off. Um, he's been off for a few for a few weeks and. You want to give him a chance to actually throw the ball around and make sure that his uh, wrist or arm or elbow or whichever the part is that, you know, no one wants to really say was hurt um, is OK. So um, honestly, the the sooner we can get Trevor back into the flow of the game, the better for it is for us. So I don't mind him coming off this week um, and let him, you know, kind of see how he goes and, and as far as playing in the game. Maybe he plays a half. Maybe he plays more. Um, Next week, of course, if he is good after this week, then chances are they'll give him a little more of a break next week and and then get ready for the playoffs.
2: And the good news, if you have seats between the 20s, unlike the end zone seats like I have, you'll get to see uh, Trevor Harris move the ball a lot.
3: Well... (laughs) It's very true. Yeah, uh, I'll honestly though, That wouldn't matter which quarterback it was. You could, uh, as long as you're in between the 20s, there's lots of Eskimo action in there. Uh, outside of it, yeah, kind of hit and miss.
0: Of course, uh, Gable um, Harris is down. One of his best weapons was CJ Gable. Uh, how's the team uh, rallying around that?
3: Well, I think uh, Shaq Cooper came in. Um, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago there before we had the bye week and uh, and, and did admirably well. And he, in the games that he's had to play this year, he's done well. Um, the, the, the thing I really like about Shaq Cooper is the fact that not only can he go up the middle, but he can bounce it outside. And we don't see that as often with CJ, who basically just kind of puts his head down and says, here I come. So it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a change-up. So I think either back is good. The the only thing that I worry about with that is that Shaq Cooper hasn't always been as good a blocker as C.J. Gable, but I don't know that there's many backs in the league that are as good a blocker as C.J. Gable. So it just kind of means that, you know, Harris has got to get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker, and that might mean a a little more handoffs or screens or those types of things just to kind of make sure that uh, he gets protected.
1: Eskimos D-Line, Kweku Botang, Alex Bazzi, Mike Moore, Nick Usher, Armando Sewell as well. This is one of the big strengths of the team is, are, how big of an X factor are they going to be against a team with, you know, William Powell as the running back?
3: Yeah, it should be very interesting. And actually the addition of Matthew Betts has been really amazing for a guy just coming in and playing a few games, but uh, he's, he's really stood out when he's been out there uh, a lot of times doing a rotation with Kweku and uh, those guys I mean Mondo himself really really blocks up the middle so um, it makes it a little bit harder for a lot of running backs so a lot of running backs against the Eskimos will go to the outside uh, which puts a lot of pressure on Don Yanaba and Javon Santos Knox and Nice to have Santos Knox back in the line because that's one of the things that he's really good at is stopping that outside run. So I think the combination of that will be very interesting to see against a team that is, you know, hasn't really run the ball a whole lot, but we know Powell's very dangerous.
2: Now the Eskimos know they're going to be heading to Montreal on the 10th. Is this when they start resting players for, for that eventual playoff matchup?
3: I don't know that there'll be that much rest this week. Um, if we go back in the history of... Moss teams he doesn't rest a lot of players anyway so um, whether I agree with that or not I guess is a whole other story but my my guess is that if we're going to see any players rested it'll be more next week whereas this week they want to be able to get all of the pieces in place and make sure that as much as they can be firing on all cylinders before they get into the playoffs
1: you mentioned Jason Moss here. We haven't had a lot of time to talk talk about him this year because we haven't really seen the Eskimos, at least playing the Riders this year yet. What's your take on Jason Moss this year? Because going into the year it was, you know, the uh, you know there was the Gatorade bottle last year, and just the the headsets and everything. Do you find that there's a big difference with uh, Jason Moss this year, kind of toning it down?
3: It, it's kind of funny actually because it was middle of last year is when he kind of took um, responsibility and said he was going to tone it down and, and uh, be more calm on the side. And really, the only blow-up that we've really seen this year is the one with that pass interference that was so not a pass interference that I think every coach would have lost their mind over. Um, but other than that, he's, he's been calmer. But the crazy thing is, as soon as he does that, the team doesn't play as well. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get where that line is. Um, where he can, you know, motivate the team, and and he's always been a guy that's worn his emotions on his sleeve, and and him trying to dial that back, I I don't know if that then affects how he delivers his message. I, I have no idea, but it's weird that they have that balance because I mean I've never been a fan of when he gets upset. I don't think anybody is, but. I mean, if you see when you get results, it's it's kinda hard to be like, Oh well, you can't completely fault them. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the off season, especially if the Eskimos lose in that Montreal game, because we really haven't taken any steps forward when we added a fair amount of free agent talent. So um I, I don't know exactly where that ends up in the off season, but I think Moss overall, I think the guys want to play for him. I don't think there's any worry about him losing the room or anything like that. I just think he's still working on being a head coach and finding that balance between passion and uh, not going overboard.
0: So you just mentioned all that free agent talent the Eskimos brought in. Who do you think has been the biggest surprise?
3: Oh, um, I don't know if I would say the biggest surprise, but the because this is kind of not really going too far off the board, but... If I was going to go on the negative side, I would say because Devaris Daniels has been hurt and then not really been able to connect as well, that's kind of a bit of a surprise to me because I saw how well he played in Calgary and I thought he would do that up here. Um, As far as on the good side, though, and I think we reasonably expected this, but Larry Dean is having an outstanding year, um, but not really being talked a lot about, Um, and his leadership when you watch him in games is just huge. And, and I think that that was definitely one of the big signings that, uh, Sunderland was able to bring in.
2: So looking ahead to the matchup, uh, we've talked D line, we've talked quarterback running back. What are the keys for Edmonton to, uh, to pull this game out?
3: Well, the big one I would say is that that front seven has got to do, a, uh, some hold back on Powell. Um, but, but they also need to get some pressure on Fajardo. That's one thing. I mean, Fajardo's had a few times where he's had some pressure, but the offensive line, as much as your guys' offensive line has gotten banged up and guys moved around, as they're getting guys back, Fajardo's got lots of time. And with all the talent in the receiving core that the riders have, and you understand how hard it is for me to say that, but with all the talent (laughs) that they have, if Fajardo gets time, they, he, he can kill you. So um, I think one of the biggest keys is they got to find a way to put some of that pressure on there, and that front seven is good at doing that. So they got to they got to get in there and, and make some people uncomfortable in the backfield, and I think that that'll be a big difference.
1: All right, and uh, one final one for you, Andrew. Give us a score prediction.
3: Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> oh, come on! You knew it was coming. Uh, I think- <laughs> yeah i did know it was coming and i should have prepared better but uh only because it's at commonwealth stadium i am go- i am going to say that the eskimos pull out a squeaker like 25 24. boo
0: yeah homer <laughs>
3: did, you, did you think i was actually gonna pick them right? come on yes yes, you- yes.
1: you're a yeah, smart great. man andrew
3: to be fair, about four weeks ago, I probably would have told you the Riders are going to win. But now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Trevor Harris back, right? I mean, it's whether you, you never guys can. Know what that spark does? It's yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see if you guys can uh, score touchdowns instead of field goals.
2: I guess that's the the big thing for the Eskimos. I was going to
3: say twenty five,
2: twenty four. Is that eight? Is that eight field goals then?
3: And a rouge? Well, no, because we'd get well yeah, eight field goals and, and a single for us. That's right, because Sean White will break that uh, record by next year because he's just, he's already, he's already got 24 in a row. Like there's only 48 to go.
1: (laughs) Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. And um, where can people find more on the Eskimo Empire podcast?
3: Uh, Well, you can find uh, all of our links on uh, EskEmpire.ca. That's the website, but uh, most, I guess the one that we're mostly on is Twitter, uh, which is at EskEmpirePod. And uh, you can follow me if you, feel like you need to be masochistic it's at Free Delicious, and uh, hopefully uh, I, I, well thanks for having me on guys and I'm excited to see uh, as many of you are going to be at the Grey Cup in Calgary
2: can't wait that'll be fun it's like having Andrew on
1: it's one of my favorites from the CFPN he's
3: like yeah. one of the good guys
1: so one thing left to do this week our CFL pick'em and uh, let's get to the who gives a crap games first Hamilton at Montreal
2: uh, Hamilton
0: Hamilton
1: Montreal. Um, Ottawa at Toronto.
3: <laughs>
0: Nobody. Nobody's winning that. <laughs> not the fans, not anybody. Uh, Toronto will pull that one out.
2: I know I was told to stop doing this, but I'll do it again.
0: Ottawa. Oh, I are you going to go for a tie.
2: <coughs> Ottawa has to win eventually, right? No, they don't.
0: No, no they don't.
2: I mean, they can't be that bad. Yeah, yes, they, they can. They really
0: can th- They are. There's no can. They are. And the sad thing is apparently they spent to the cap on what...
2: Jonathan
0: Jennings and Tom <laughs> Davis. I'm
1: um, sorry, Red Blacks fans. I guess I'll go. I'm to not. Um, the big game on Friday, Calgary at Winnipeg. Let's go, stadium-assisted fans. Zach Klaros. let's do it. Bombers win a tight one. Calgary, hate you, Steve. I got to cheer for BC in the last week of the year.
0: That's okay. he's dead last and pick him anyway. So. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: And finally, Riders at Edmonton. Disagree with Andrew.
2: Riders will win. Oh, Riders easily. Edmonton. No, I'm just kidding. Riders. How how much would it suck if Winnipeg were to win and,
0: and then, then we lose? And yeah, the Riders drop it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then we're worrying about a third place
1: spot because the three-way tie, the Riders finished third <laughs> in that situation.
0: What a, like. That, Riders that tie breakfast. Winnipeg is nuts. Winnipeg
1: can't get a home playoff game. Well, can't get first anyway. So the battle for first is only between the Riders and and Calgary. In Calgary, yeah. But the Riders can finish in third. How wild oh, like, figure.
0: Like talk about parody in this league. Like and then you got Toronto. You and got Ottawa.
1: parody at the top and parody at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of other teams just mixed right in. But that's gonna do it for us this week here on the pivots Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I'm Greg. And uh, you can give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. Don't worry about
2: following me. I'm not that fun. He's really not. I mean, you can follow me. I'm also not that fun, but at Safamod. You can follow me at Craig on Sports.
0: He didn't really actually give out his uh, handle. Eh? I know.
1: You, I was going to say, yeah. you guys noticed that? Yeah. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Go to Facebook, like the page. This is your cue. Your if you have not done that yet, and the Riders clinch a home playoff game this week, You'll want to be on Facebook, liking that page.
0: Very important.
1: I can't imagine why. I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> We're going to give away a pair of home playoff tickets on Facebook.
0: Oh, Do you want me to sell oh. it
1: out like spell it out even more for you? No. I don't think I can. The- <laughs> it's like he can't read and you can't spell it as to, I'm pointing.
0: To the Ryder game. Oh, I
1: see. Yeah, so we, we have an extra pair of tickets to the uh, to the home playoff game. And you don't need to sit with us.
2: Yeah. Get, yeah no no they're yeah, not beside yeah. us Woo, hey. which is great yeah. so if they had even to better. with us there'd be no
1: entries yeah <laughs> uh so go on facebook and like that right now get in the queue that way already check us out on instagram search Piffles pod and go to the website pifflespodcast.com of course Piffles podcast is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina special thanks as well go to kathy festion of royal page regina realty tall grass apparel churchill brewing company and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. You guys know the drill. Tyler Gilbert, this is Ghost Behind Your Mind.